Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. I have an amazing show today. I'm joined by my lovely fiance, Alejandra Hernandez. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about presence. What presence is, how you can apply it to your life, and the differences that you can experience when you add that level of presence. It's made the world of difference in Ale and I's life. And we realize that even with all of the personal development work that we consistently do, presence has been missing in a way. And we're super excited to be leveling up and adding it to a whole new level. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you, I appreciate you, and as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Super, super, super excited to have my one and only fiancé, Alejandra Hernandez, in the building. How you doing, Bebe? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm happy to be on this podcast again and happy that we get to have fun conversations and then throw it up on a podcast for others to hear. What a time to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. Ale and I just came off of a amazing, amazing, amazing workshop that our great friend Mo Hassan put on this past weekend. We spent pretty much 14 hours or so at this workshop yeah maybe a little more but yeah from about 9 30 a.m to about 1 a.m yeah with just you know a couple breaks in between um for those of y'all who know alejandra and i well you know that we're lifelong learners we love to learn different things and you know one of the parts of our relationship that i truly really just so happy about is that we both love to learn and we take the time and the opportunity and the mm-hmm. space to go out and learn together whether it was through mm-hmm. gratitude training whether it's through this workshop whether it's through runga a couple of weeks back mm-hmm. you know i'm really grateful that we have this opportunity to learn together babe yeah me too and i was talking when we were at this workshop led by our friend i was talking to someone and really discussing how it has in my opinion allowed us to make quantum leaps in our relationship Mm, because of the things that we participate in together and then it allows us to see what comes up you know for each of us individually and then talk about it you know not to say that it would be good or bad if we didn't do these things together it simply allows there to be more of a flow. Like if I didn't do this workshop with you, then you would be essentially doing your best at regurgitating the context of which you experience something and then breaking down why it was so meaningful and then breaking down like the language that you learned. So I feel like it's supported us greatly to do these things together and to be able to have our own individual experience and then express that to each other without having to do all of the contacts of like what happened because we were there together even though we have different experiences we were there together so i think that's really helped us 
Absolutely. And what comes up for me is a quote that I've heard Paul Check use in regards to relationships. And what he says is that you can't grow more than an arm's length away from your partner. Mm -hmm. And what that means for me is that I understand that as I grow, I can't be growing so much further than you or vice versa. You can't be growing so much more than me Mm -hmm. because at some point that would create a disconnect Mm. between us and and how we experience our individual lives and ultimately how that would have us experience our lives together Yeah, um, in almost like a separate type of a way. So like I'm super grateful that we get to do this type of work together. And I think it was pretty amazing to go through this training and really talk about the importance of presence mm-hmm. and how presence is the key to being really to me like a fully creative individual. Yeah, it is. And we'll get into this in the episode, of course. It's so funny for us to, when I say us, I mean Alvi and I, to spend, you know, enormous amount of time, money, attention, you know, energy in so many different programs, so many different trainings, reading so many different books on personal development and coming to the place of realizing that it comes down to presence. Absolutely. It all comes down to presence. And that is really what drove home this workshop that we participating in we participated in over the weekend is presence, what it means, how we tap into it, how we continue to stay in that space, how we reroute ourselves when we get out of that space. It was such an all-encompassing way of taking everything that we've ever even trained on or learned, but brought it back to the one thing that will always matter as a human being, and that's presence. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the the first things that Mo talked about is this concept of present time. Mm -hmm. And then Ale, how would you... Or how did he, how did Mo describe present time in this training? Yeah, so I wrote down in my notes that what Mo said is present time is a unit of time with a definitive beginning and a definitive end in which I exercise 100% responsibility and control of existence. Mm. So much to unpack there. And if we talk about, so like, sometimes for me, what helps me learn what something is, is to almost think about what is the opposite of that thing. Mm -hmm. And I would say the opposite of presence would be autopilot, Mm. right? It's like being able to, or not being able to, but more so how there's times in my life where I'm simply going through the motions. I'm so used to doing something a certain way that I'll be doing it without realizing that I'm doing it. And there's no real intentionality to it. There's no full paying attention of the thing or things that are at hand. It's one of those things where I'll get started before I know it's like, boop, right, I'm just done. Yeah. Like, for instance, like brushing my teeth, 
Like, I don't sit there and go tooth by tooth and really think about each stroke and, you know, what side mm-hmm. of my mouth am I starting with? Am I starting at the top? Am I starting at the bottom? Mm-hmm. Am I focused on the inside of the teeth or the outside? Am I going mm-hmm. into circular motion? Like, no, I don't think about any of that. It's just... I'm brushing my teeth, and yeah. by the time I spit out the water, I know that I'm done. That's yeah. it. There are so many memes on showers and, like, what people do in showers, and it'll say, essentially, like, daydream of every worst-case scenario you can ever think of. And there's so many memes like that, and it resonates with me because it's like I get in the shower, I, I'm not there. Like, I'm physically there. I'm going through the motions, as you said, but I am not there. I don't actually, you know, have control over what I'm doing because I'm not even paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm just doing the autopilot. I think that's such a great way to say what the opposite is, is this autopilot behavior where we check out and our brain is just like in la la land. It's daydreaming. And one of the things that Mo said that, I'm really not surprised at at all only because I have been reading The Power of Now and first of all highly highly recommend you read The Power of Now and if you've read The Power of Now and you are on autopilot behavior if you're not being present if you struggle with that then read it again mm-hmm. so that it it integrates read it again you're at a different place in your life now than you were when you originally read it read it again but going back to saying like since I've been reading that book I've been so freaking aware of how unaware I am Mm. I'm so aware of how often I'm on autopilot how often I'm like oh my shower's done okay I guess I showered I guess I did something along the way and showered and so Mo said that the average person is present 10 minutes per year isn't that crazy 10 minutes per year and when he said that I really was not surprised Because as someone like, you know, who's done some work, you know, on myself and is someone who identifies as like being into personal development, I found myself on autopilot like 99% of my day. And I was like, holy crap. So when he said that, I wasn't surprised, but I wanted to share that on here because I think this is truly something that every single person should begin to bring awareness into 10 minutes per year is the average that a person is present which means that the average like think of the society that we live in where the average person is present for 10 minutes per year and then we can begin to really unpack why we're in the kind of state that we're in when we see that people aren't present when there isn't this a hundred percent responsibility and control we see how we can be led astray how we can be led into division into wars into prisons and all of that so this is why both of us when we talked about what we wanted to to discuss on this podcast we said let's talk about presence even though it's something that can be so vague and definitely something that the mind is going to be like what the fuck does that mean like what do you mean by presence and almost feel like checking out because of that kind of topic like this is take it from two people who have spent a lot of money on personal development (laughs) 
this is where it's at. It's about presence. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because when I think about it, when you talk about this concept of awareness and bringing awareness to how often we might be in autopilot, it's so important to understand that when we become aware, now we're opening up the opportunity to create new choices in our life. Mm-hmm. And I love the part of the definition we, we learned about you know present time and this idea of taking 100% responsibility for ourselves because oftentimes, and I know I've been in this part of my life before where I'm playing like victim, mm-hmm. where it's like, why is this happening to me? Why did this happen to me? This thing is so unfair. Why did they do that? And whenever I did that in my life, looking back, I can see I was never taking responsibility yeah. or ownership for what was going on there. So I think a lot of times people are giving their power away when they're not being present because there's a lack of responsibility there. Life can be so much different when... I am empowering myself to take responsibility for all actions that I'm taking. Yeah. And, you know, as human beings, we are creators. To, to go back to something that I learned from Paul Check that really resonated with me in, in terms of God, one of the things he stated is that people in, in certain religions misconstrue what it means to be made in God's image. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, at least I make up, when a person hears that we're made in God's image, it's like, oh, that means God must have, you know, two ears, two eyes, a nose, a Mm -hmm. mouth, right? The same type of physical structure that we do. But what Paul says that has nothing to do with that, what it is is that is God is the ultimate creator and has created everything that we have in the multitude of universes that are out here then we as humans, we are mini creators, Mm. right? Like I can look all around our apartment right now and just see all the amazing things that have been created. I can look outside my window and and see everything that's been created out there and it's been created by humans. And it's understanding that we are absolutely incredible creative beings. And when I'm taking 100% responsibility for myself, I realize that I have the ability to create my own reality and the type of life that I want. Therefore, through responsibility, through this level of ownership, comes this level of personal empowerment where I understand that I myself can take the time when I am present to systematically and most importantly, intentionally create the life that I want to create. But it starts with that level of presence, being mm-hmm. in the moment. Ali, let me know if you relate to this. But I know I've had so many times in my life where I get so caught up in my head about worst case scenario, why <laughs> something isn't going to work out, creating all these stories that aren't true at all. Yet, because I'm going into this fear-based place, I'm going into the reactive mind, it has me actually not take action and not create the reality that I wanted mm-hmm. in my past experiences. A hundred percent. I have definitely felt that. And I think that is how most people are operating is out of the what ifs, the fears, and then um, even having a conversation 
recently with a friend where it was really all about like, are you creating because you want to create or are you creating the thing that you think you have to create after all the what ifs and all the considerations and being able to distinguish between those two things. And as you were speaking, it's so funny and I think it really goes into the beauty of us doing this workshop together because I can tell based on this conversation that we're having that we have both been kind of integrating processing the workshop because today I looked up the dictionary definition of creative and I just pulled it up again so that I can share here because and I kind of want to bring this up first because my personal experience and I'm sure Alvi will go ahead and tell his favorite story of all time (laughs) my personal experience is I really have for 25 years of my life I would actively call myself not creative. I'm like not a creative person. I won't say 25 years of my life. I wasn't five years old saying I wasn't creative. But like Mm -hmm. since I was in probably high school, I can maybe relate to this starting in maybe middle school, actually. Um, I would say, you know, I'm not a creative person. I'm just not creative was usually the, the thought in the sentence that would come out of my mind. I'm just not creative. And so when you talk about being the creator and when I look at the I looked up the definition of creative, it's marked by the ability or power to create. And then when you look up create, it is to make or produce something to exist and usually by your talents. And so when I see when I saw that, I was just like, wait, how could anyone ever believe that they are not creative? It is an actual misunderstanding of the term because how could anyone believe that they are incapable of creating anything from their talents Mm. it is to believe that one has zero ability to create right and i and i don't actually believe because i don't i don't know if i would have actually said that still about myself if i truly understood the word if someone really broke it down and said literally being able to create anything out of your talents you know i can i've created things in the past they don't look like a painting they don't look like a poem they don't look like a song that i was that i wrote Uh, They don't even look like, you know, even photography per se, which I did kind of dabble into for a little bit. Uh, But I've created things in the past. And so to be able to understand the word truly, I wanted to share that because there really there might be one person listening to this who has that kind of thought. And I've also had clients who told me this, too. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm just not creative. I don't identify like that isn't really me and then people will be like yeah I have friends who tell me but I don't really feel that way Mm. so I know that I'm not the only one in this and I wanted to share the actual definition of creative there's not a single human being that is not creative we are all creators I love that many creators it's so cute we are all many creators and being able to believe that about ourselves understand that word for ourselves so that we can allow ourselves to create because we can't from the space of I am not a creative person right right I mean I think just the like you said the misunderstanding of the word creative has stopped so many people from creating yeah right Mm -hmm. and I think something that's really important to for everyone listening to realize is that you have been creating since 
the day you were born. But how much time have you taken to take a step back and actually realize and appreciate what you have created? Because I'll tell you this, wherever your life is right now in this moment, you created that. Whether you believe that or not is another story. But look at where you are in your life. Look at the things that you have. Look at the type of opportunities that you've been involved in, the type of relationships you have, the friendships, the types of clubs you're a part of, whatever it may be, each and every one of those things, you created it. You actively participated in making it happen unless you just autopiloted, autopiloted your way into all of it, which I guess is a possibility too. But I think it's so important to understand that you have the ability to create whatever it is that you want in your life. And I don't say that as like a pie in the sky or like, you know, here to like inspire and motivate you, but I'm saying it from a level of certainty that you have it within you by literally being a human being. But what I think is typically missing is this misconception of what it means to be creative. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you are like maybe like people look at creativity just from the perspective of like producing some type of art yeah, or, or something like that. Right. Whether it be in the something along the arts. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But anything like that is that comes out of nothing is a creation. Yeah. And it's like to create something out of nothing is literally a creation and it's something that all of us do every single day yeah every single day decorating your home getting some flowers and putting them on your table like so many different things on a day-to-day basis that we are capable of creating any workshop any webinar and you know random thought that i'll just share is like even if you are working in a nine to five like what are the things that you wish to create in your job what do you want to create outside of your job just because you are in a nine to five maybe you have something else that you find really interesting why can't you do a workshop so what you know being able to create because you simply desire to create was a big thing and so kind of bringing us back to presence and being able to see like the impact that this has it's really being able to sit into this exact moment exercising 100 percent responsibility and control and from that place being able to create from that place being able to know what you truly desire for yourself because again i i had mentioned is like you can then create, make creative, make creating a prison. You can make that like, oh, I have to, how many people are like, I have to make a post. I have to create content, Mm -hmm. have to do this on social media. Guilty. Yeah. Have to do these paintings. And then it becomes this creativity is now being something that is no longer creation. It's coming with so many circumstances, so many strings attached, and it takes away the potency that it has and what we can contribute. So really when talking about being present and the reason why I think it's it's been so transformative for me over the past few weeks is I've been really see like looking into this and really understanding as this is the most important aspect for me what's been so interesting to look back on and we talked about this is the way that even we've used 
spirituality against ourselves mm-hmm. and the way that we've made certain aspects of spirituality a task or something that we felt like we had to do or I had to do because I needed to do something better. I needed to be better. And in order to be better, this is my way of doing it. In order to be better, I must do my gratitude every morning. In order to be better, I must do my meditations every single day. And coming from that energy, it again, it's no long it's taint. It's tainted. It no longer feels good. It's coming from a place of like there's something wrong mm, with me. Right. And from a state of presence is where like one of the biggest tangible examples that I'll give is over the past month, I have felt more of a transformation spending random minutes per day grounding myself in presence than the year and a half to two years every single morning of 10 minutes a day. Hmm. Because every single morning, 10 minutes a day in that year and a half was coming from a place of I have to do this. This mm. is something. This is how I'm going to tap into. Mm. This is how I'm going to enlighten myself. This is how I'm going to better myself. This meditation every morning, and then guess what? I would sit down. I would I would meditate, quote unquote, meditate, and then probably nine minutes and thirty seconds of those ten minutes, I was like caught up in my mind, trying to get myself to meditate, <laughs> and then I wouldn't even focus on presence at all throughout the day because whatever i meditated this morning like Whatever. i'm good I got, my, I got my fix i got my fix i did what i had to do got my check mark this morning and so maybe y'all can relate to that and now i am throughout the day when i find myself like oh i just washed the dishes but like i don't remember washing the dishes i just washed the dishes it's like in that moment it's like i take a deep breath i take a deep breath I feel that, do probably do another one until I'm present and I hold that, I go about the day. If I find myself again, oh, I just took a shower or oh, I just made some food. Oh, I just ate and I realized I didn't even like pay attention while I was eating. Again, take a breath. And that has been more powerful for me throughout the day, catching myself throughout the day than a year and a half of I must do this. And I think that's why we're like, I'm sharing this really right now is going into this next step is how do we get present? So we hear that. Okay. Presence is important. How do we get present? Yeah. That's such a great question. And for me, what helps me accomplish that is by really one discovering that I wasn't being present, right? Mm -hmm. Realizing like, okay, like I've been super distracted my mind is racing, my mind is wandering, I've been daydreaming. Okay, what am I actually doing right now? Like what's important Mm -hmm. in this moment? And how can I put a singular focus into this specific task? And you were so right, babe, when you talked about how much breathing's helped you, because the breath has been an incredible tool for me as well. It allows me to slow myself down, get out of that sympathetic fight or flight type of or part of my nervous system and tap into that parasympathetic that rest and digest and essentially relaxed state so that I can focus and to me being present is paying attention on purpose 
mm-hmm. and having a, a singular focus. So for me today, it looked like working on editing my book. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. It's like while I was editing my book, I found myself like going on ESPN to see like, <laughs> oh, what are, what are they talking about in sports? Yeah. And then I, I might have been on the website for like three, four minutes. And I'm like, oh, shit, like I'm supposed to be doing my book. OK, let me close this out. Let me I took some time to breathe. Yeah. Focused. And then started doing my book again. And then lo and behold, like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, I'm thirsty. Right. These physical considerations yeah. start coming up <laughs> and it's like, damn, like even my thirst is starting to distract me from getting my work that I set out to do done. So I took a sip of water, noticed that physical consideration and then actually went into some deep breathing, some deep, yeah. slow breathing, feeling my feet on the ground, feeling my butt in the chair, like making sure my posture was good. And then from there, opening my eyes and being like, OK. Let me focus on this book. And from there, I went on for like an hour and 15 minutes and did some damage in the book because I finally got present with what I was doing. And I bring all of that up to say that it can be so easy to fall out of presence. And it takes a lot of focused attention to get back into it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I'm so, so excited to practice this week consistently understanding what is my singular focus right now and making sure that I pay attention on purpose to it so I can get it done. Yeah. I find that happens to me often is like I'm working on something and then I'm like, oh, Bentley's so cute. Let me go cuddle him. Or then it's like I'm thirsty or maybe I need to go use the bathroom. Maybe I'll make some tea. All these different things that come up. Breath has been incredibly powerful for me. And it again, it's it's been more powerful for me to have that pause and take a breath than it was to try to focus on my breath sitting in a meditation. And that has to come from the energy that you have behind it. You are great. You're you're doing fine, sweetie. It's mm. like stop not about making yourself wrong, not about like I have to do this thing because it's the right thing to do, but simply understanding that presence is how you tap into you as a creator. And so how do I take this moment right now to be present? Another really powerful one for me that gets me out of my mind is breath work. And I did breath work for the first time when I went to Rhythmia for our ayahuasca plant medicine journey out there there was breath work uh before and after and i didn't know what to expect of breath work i had never done it before nor had i looked up anyone's experiences and it was really incredible mind-blowing for me to see what we can generate when we are doing breath work because it really it taps us it's like we're utilizing our body we're moving energy in a way that doesn't even require any kind of drugs and you can do it anytime it is so accessible there are youtube videos as well that i've looked up and i use randomly whenever i feel like i'm super in my head i'll look up you know breathwork meditation and i'll follow a breathwork because i know that that kicks me out of my mind Mm. 
And part, you know, Alvi and I did an exercise over on, on Saturday during this workshop that was a breathing exercise. And we both shared the experience that like the breathing was so awkward that we were so focused and present on the breathing yeah, because right. it was so weird. Right. And so that's the thing about breath work. It's like it has this ability to shut off my mind because the breath is so unnatural that I'm like really just like I, I at one point like my mind just has to give up the thinking has to give up in order for my body to be like, we can get through this. Like we're, we're, we're going to breathe through this. We're going to make it, we're going to breathe in this awkward way. And then energy begins to like, I feel the energy begin to run through my body and it really allows my mind to take a back seat in a way that me sitting down and closing my eyes with my hands on my thighs, palm up, it's more challenging for me. It's like I feel my brain still like just wrestling so much. Breath work is a powerful one. It's very accessible. You're all breathing. You wouldn't be able to listen to this if you weren't. You can go on YouTube and you can find free clips of breath work meditations. Yeah, and I think the most important thing to consider is what are you willing to do? If you're sitting listening to this right now, ask yourself, what are you willing to do to become more present in your life? Is it through breath work? Is it through YouTube videos? Is it through meditation? Is it through going for a walk outside and really focusing on what you see out in nature? What are the different ways that you can do it? And then two, are you, are you, down to commit to that and to make it an actual practice and lastly how can you see your life being different if you decided to truly be present and practice being present at the end of the day it might not just change in the snap of a finger however if you are intentional about putting in the work in being present and adding more presence to your life, I guarantee you that you'll experience some huge shifts. And I'm excited to see the type of shifts that come up for me in just these next couple of weeks as I tap into it. Yeah. One of the things that I was, the reason why presence is the key is because even when you learn these really cool tools, these, you know, these personal development tools, communication tools, it will not actually land unless you are present. So let me give you an example. Alvi and I, I think, have spoken on this on previous podcast episodes, but we both uh, have done a little bit of reading on nonviolent communication. We even did, you know, during the pandemic when we were still like staying home for most of the time, we did a course, an online course with a woman who was certified, I believe, in, yeah. in nonviolent communication. And we did a course on it. You would have thought that the next time we had a disagreement, we would have gone through all our steps. We would have had our hand. We would have handled our nonviolent communication and we would have communicated with each other in a loving, nonviolent way. And that was not the case. (laughs) And you may resonate with that where you learn a tool on how to, for example, handle when you get triggered at work. 
Maybe you learn a particular tool on how to handle communication with a colleague when they overstep a boundary. But if you get overtaken by your emotions, if you cannot sit and be in the present moment and exercise 100% responsibility and control, those tools don't fucking matter. Because you're going to be so caught up in your mind, you're going to be so caught up in the emotions, and then it's like, let's go. And all those tools go out the window. It's like if you go to therapy, you know, y'all know if you go to therapy and you learn something from your therapist and they tell you this is how you need to handle the next time when you start going off on yourself and you start being hard on yourself and then you go down the rabbit hole and you just completely forget that your therapist gave you the tool and it's from this lack of presence. And that's why we're like hammering or I'm hammering it down because as an example, one of the things that Alvi does that I can't say I'm the biggest fan of, but I'm learning to to accept is whenever we're leaving a place, it is like back as my childhood trauma with my mom being Hispanic with my mom. It's like we're leaving, nos vamos, and I'm at the door and mom is like still literally doesn't even have a jacket on. And so that is what Alvi and I's relationship is like. Most of the time when we're leaving, Alvi's very social, he's very well-liked, he loves his people, and he's just making his way around. Also, South Florida boy, so he doesn't really have a pep to his step, and he's just making his rounds, saying bye to everyone, and I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And usually this pisses me off. And usually, once in a while, I'll say something to you, like, can you, you know, not do that? next time and that didn't go very well in our in our in our conversation either when I brought it up and I found myself in that again a couple of weeks ago when we were at Runga actually I ordered our Uber and he started to make his goodbyes our Uber got there and he was like probably 70% done with saying goodbye and I'm like oh crap now this Uber is here they're going to be waiting they're going to get pissed off so I'm making up stories like this person's going to get really pissed off and so I go and I'm like the Uber is here and I'm like grabbing our stuff and I like feel I literally begin to feel the the pissed offness (laughs) like start in my belly and it's like working its way up my chest and I feel myself getting pissed And I look over and I see him hugging one of the Runga, other Runga guests. And I literally in that moment, I just said the words present moment. And I didn't even take a breath. Like I didn't even take an intentional breath. All it took was me saying the words present moment. And I looked at him and the thought that came across my mind was I would rather he give every single person a hug than me rob him of that opportunity to to do that because the Uber is here. Like that was a thought that I had. I was like, I don't I don't know what's ever going to happen. You know, we, we've both lost parents. We don't ever know what's going to happen to the. We don't know if we're ever going to see those people again. Right. I would rather he go and give a hug to every single person there. Uh, you know, I can call another Uber. It's going to be OK. But it didn't that that did not happen until I got in the present moment because I started to feel my frustration. I started to feel the trigger I start and if I continue that, then it would have been another probably not so effective conversation on like, don't do that. Don't have me wait or whatever in that case. And so that's why I'm bringing this up so much because I've already seen it in my relationship on what a shift it is when I'm willing to get into the present moment 
and recognize like this actually doesn't I actually don't really care about this that much like it's not that big of a deal for me this has a solution to it that is that is easier for me and I actually enjoy more than knowing that his connection to these people are more important Mm. yeah I appreciate you sharing that and you know for for me what comes up is how being present can put things in a better perspective I think when I look at my own life and when I'm not being present or I'm feeling upset about something it's coming from this place of either scarcity or frustration or anger but when I really look deeper under it it's like what am I really frustrated about really what am I really angry about and then when I actually get present and I really look at it there's really nothing to be upset (laughs) about like it's all just a story that I'm creating in my head on all of these hypotheticals that are really just based off of past traumas that I had that have nothing to do with the present moment yet because my feelings about them feel so strong and I feel them in the here and now it's almost like I'm justifying my past experiences when in reality I'm just bringing my past experience to the present moment because I'm thinking about the past right now yeah if that makes sense so for you know again i would say for everyone listening take the time to one figure out where where are you in autopilot and be really real with yourself in this process like where do you find yourself going through the motions when's the last time you paid attention to anything on purpose for a specific amount of time where it had a definitive beginning, a definitive end, and you took complete responsibility and control over the situation. When you take that inventory, see what comes up for you. And if there's one thing that you get to be more present with, my challenge to you is to take the time to practice that level of presence and see how you end up feeling. How do your emotions change? How does your mental state change? What do you feel different physically within your body? And I I promise you, there's probably gonna be a huge shift in how you experience your life. Cause I know it's been like that for me. And I imagine it's been like that for you too, babe. Yeah, it has been. And our Uber driver was so sweet. She oh, did. Of course. <laughs> she was the sweetest. I was making up all these stories about how pissed off she was gonna be. Right. <laughs> right. So it goes to show for everyone listening out there, I'm always right. No, oh, just please. <laughs> just oh, kidding. Gosh. Just kidding. But yeah, I mean, it, uh, I appreciate you sharing that story. And I think it's a powerful example of what happens when a person is not present and then they tap into presence and then how their entire being and mood can completely shift. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really before the workshop it was simply me reading the power of now and 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 integrating the power of now. Again, because you know, you can read a book and not integrate any of it. You can have all the personal development, spirituality books and not integrate it. So it was reading that. And I was like a third through the book. So like, y'all, yeah. this book is incredible. <laughs> Go and get this book read it take your you know take your time integrate it allow yourself to to experience presence and it's been a game changer for me 
And last thing, I actually really want to share the definition that Mo gave us for comfort zone because I think it is phenomenal. Go for it. Awesome. So Mo, our friend, talked about the comfort zone for us, and he actually—I uh, guess I won't get. I could. I feel like it. He gave us some, you know, the kind of reactions that we have when we are in a trauma response. And he goes through fight, flight, feed, freeze, and fornicate. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but the reason we went into comfort zone is because he talked about freeze and how oftentimes when we are in a reactive state and we think of freeze, we think about this deer in headlights. But really that the way that this shows up in human beings is in the comfort zone. Hmm. We stay in this comfort zone. And so then he went and he gave us this phenomenal definition of comfort zone. And he says it is the condition of your life with the maximum amount of pain you're willing to tolerate without doing anything about it. Mm. One more time, babe. One more time. Read okay. that one more time. The condition of your life with the maximum amount of pain you're willing to tolerate without doing anything about it. And the first time I heard that, I actually told him, I was like, wait, can you say that again? Because I knew I had just heard some shit. Like, I knew it, but I needed him to say it again. And there are so many parts of my life that I can see in this comfort zone. You know, I even put here in my notes, like, think about my tooth. I've had this freaking tooth issue for so long, and it's it's uncomfortable. It is, it is painful, but it's the just the amount that I'm willing to tolerate <laughs> until... It got worse and then food got stuck every single meal and I had to like, I literally have to carry around floss in order to floss after every single meal. And I was like, all right, I need, I need to go get this handled. I need to go to the dentist because it had passed that threshold of the pain that I was willing to tolerate. For so long, it was my comfort zone. And, you know, think about relationships, the amount of pain that I was willing to take in a previous relationship and not do anything about it until it got to the point where I was no longer willing to tolerate the pain. And so in what places do you find yourself in your comfort zone? I think is a really, I wanted to share that because it was such a powerful definition for me. Yeah, we might have to do a follow-up episode just on comfort zone next. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> hey, stay tuned for that. Well, everyone listening, I hope this provided you some type of value. And my challenge to you is to practice being present. Increase your present time and understand that that can be a game changer in your life. Yeah, from a loving place. From a loving place only. (laughs) You can too. Peace, y'all. Bye.